Hey everybody and welcome to episode 56 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys, welcome to episode 57 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Hope you're all well and good um i know last week's show was a little bit of a different vibe but i really enjoyed it and i'm gonna be bringing you more shows like that as well um, diving into self-development different things that we can do as well because when you're living the alternative life you know it's great focusing on health but and and certain nutrients and certain things we can do is phenomenal but health is all-encompassing as we say it's a holistic thing so talking about finances and self-development is huge because it all plays a part you know dreams and values are all part of the health the health um, philosophy so we'll be delving into that a lot and, and last week's show with Dominic Reynolds was brilliant all about the cryptocurrency now um, as always guys lots of different emails coming through uh, to www.reviveyourself.co lots of you on the four day mini course that you all enjoy which is good and as I said anyone with uh, health issues that you may need help with then you can you can go to the contact uh, tab on there and fill out a form and, and I'll get back to you or you can hit me up with an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co if you're having any problems with the uh, links uh, come to book in your free call with us and give me a shout I think it's been sorted out now we had a little bit of an issue I don't know why um, you know ghost in the machine and all that these things happen <laughs> but um, it should all be sorted out anyway on to today's show um, with Warren Williams now Warren this is anyway he's returning he's been a, a guest before and we've talked extensively about health but uh, he's going to be someone I get on um, regularly because the discussions we have and conversations we have are brilliant and we just bounce off each other and he's someone that I use myself as we go into the show who who looks at my structural alignment it's someone I've trust implicitly um, he's, a, he's a check level four student and we've actually got Paul Check coming on the show shortly which I can't wait for but this episode with Warren we talk we we go into your injuries and why you know you might have a knee injury but that that might not be the root of the problem we go into why this is um we, we talk all about values and dreams um we talk about science and why you know it isn't the be on end all in fact a lot of the time it can be counterintuitive to follow it um and we talk we talk a lot we cover a lot of different subjects so it's a really fun episode uh really looking forward to to listening to it um so enjoy without further ado here's warren so warren welcome back to the show and uh, how are you doing today mate yeah yeah yeah. I'm, I'm good um finally in the uk we have a little bit of sunshine so yeah <laughs> things are things are looking up yeah no we do actually have a bit of sunshine because i mean um yeah i mean when this goes out it might be a couple of weeks but we just had about three or four days of snow right um over the weekend yeah. and you know, snow for me belongs on the mountains when you're skiing or in that scene because otherwise in England it just ruins everything. You know, you can't drive if it just comes to a halt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just the wrong time of year. So, you know, spring needs to start, you know, just needs to get into full game, man. Jeez. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's March. 
March, yeah, end of March. I mean, it was the, I said it was the equinox, wasn't it, uh, yesterday. Um, so it's changing over to like oh, midpoint of the season. It's the first day of spring. Yeah, it's first yeah, day of spring. Exactly. I know. Fortunately, it's been the first day of spring with a bit, a bit of sunshine. It would have been crazy if it was the first day of spring and we still had snow. That would have been nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bit of sun. It's always good. And I look forward to it so much when the nights start getting longer. Um, four yeah. o'clock darkness is, I mean, no matter how upbeat you are, and I'm lucky enough, so you probably to see the, see the sun in the daytime, but it's just, it's not fun, right, compared to, it's almost like the day's twice as long. If you're getting up at, and it's dark, and you're getting in at four and it's dark. Eight hours of sun, eight hours of light compared to four o'clock in the in the morning in the summer, about ten o'clock at night. So like eighteen hours. The day is almost double. It's more than twice as long. Yeah, exactly. It's a big difference. Yeah, and and one of um when I was teaching a course last week, um one of the guys came over from Norway, and he was just talking about there's a certain part of Norway which is closer to to Alaska, and you know they hardly have any sunlight. There's a period of time later in the year where um, I think they only have four hours of sunlight for the, for about seven or eight months. And apparently it's the part of the world that has the highest rate of suicide and depression because you know, they just don't have the sunlight. So you definitely, I mean, once you see the sunlight, I mean, even Canada is colder than the UK. But um, a woman that I knew that lived there said that Canada actually has 300 days a year of sunlight. So even though it's colder, it has sunlight. Whereas she told me that the UK on average has 74 days of sunlight. 74? Yeah, days of sunlight, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, when you think about it, it's, it's, it's quite impressive. So, yeah, definitely it's good to have the sun out. You know, it makes people feel like they want to move more. And that's obviously something that's beneficial for humans, as we know, to move more often. So, yeah. Well, it's weird because when you go away on holiday, I mean, to be fair, it's just like if you get home and it's dark, you sort of settle in. Whereas if you get home yeah. and it's light, you can get in the garden, you might go for a game of tennis, you might go for a run in the forest, you know, you see people because it's just the days on going and you feel like you're doing this stuff. I know winter is for hibernating, but it's like, it's weird. Like when you go on a holiday, it's higher. It's a uh, but if you go away now to a hot climate, and you can even like go for, I might go for dinner. And it's generally it's later, depending on where it's the continent. Eat a bit later, and we might walk there, and you walk back, and you're walking back, and you're like, oh, I'm walking back. It's ten o'clock at night. O'clock at night. When do you generally do that in the winter at home? You don't. You're you're in, you're in house and you're in bed, and so or like you're watching TV or whatever you're doing, and so just or reading a book or whatever it is, but. It's just added, as you say, you're, you're out more, you're getting more exercise, and, and it's just, that's why the country, I suppose, like Australia, that have sun all, all year round there, the outdoors mm. um, culture, it's brilliant for people's health, right? Yeah. And actually, just because it's good that you brought up the word hibernation, because I suppose that's relative to what we're going, what we're kind of talking about. But um, you know, with the four phases of the four seasons, mm. um, when you're talking about movement and people being in a hibernation stage, normally when you look at the four seasons and how it's structured for daily living, um, spring is the kind of fruiting stage where you're in a preparation, and then um, summer is the action phase, and then autumn is the celebration stage. And then winter is the resting stage. So it is typical that we're just coming out of being in this restful stage and moving into this fruiting stage where we start to prepare things. So you see typically people start to get get back into their health and take things seriously and want to get back outside because then they're in that preparation stage. And then when the summer is there and there's more sunlight, now they're in their action stage and they're fully into the swing. That's why we know some people are only exercising in summer. And then when it comes to winter, they stay inside and hibernate. And that's typically the model that we're supposed to have. 
So when we look at people in the Western world, most people are in this do, do, do stage of their life. They're constantly doing and just burning themselves out. And as you know, with people with adrenaline and adrenal fatigue and stuff like that. And that's because they don't actually have a symbolic version of winter, which is where they actually take time off and recuperate and then heal and then go back to their fruiting stage and preparation and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of interesting when you look at the seasons like that and you actually look at people and see how most of the time they're in this action phase or they're in a stage of apathy. And, you know, one of the things I always teach people is, you know, of all of our polarities are yin and yang. And people think that yin and yang are opposites, and they're not. That is, they're different polarities of the same thing. So I always say to people, yang, which is action, at its extreme end becomes yin, and yin is rest. So if you think about somebody that is doing all the time or someone that trains, you know, every single day and never takes a day off, eventually you keep training like that your body will shut down it or force you into yin mm-hmm. so yin becomes yang if you were to train or try to run non-stop <laughs> as hard as you can non-stop that's an action or that's a yang mm-hmm. but eventually your body will shut down and you'll have to rest that's yin mm-hmm. so yang becomes yin and yin becomes yang so if somebody's too sedentary and doesn't move enough the first thing they want to do if they've sat for a long period of time is they'll say you know what i think i want to get up and move and stretch my body because i feel really stiff so that's yin becoming yang so you know it kind of ties into the phases and you know natural movement for the body and humanity in general yeah no 100 i mean we're talking about it it's hard especially when you're running your own business but the body in general like spring as you say it's like a but it's like the, the world right you we do have it but i remember i mean People don't seem to realise this, as you said, but I mean, springtime, it's generally when the body starts to spring clean itself as well, like the liver and gallbladder goes into a bit of a cleansing phase, so it's a great time to do a liver cleanse, um, and you notice like a few a few of these things can crop up at this time, and a lot of these, I'd say, well, parasites that have been running dormant in your body as it's comes coming into the sun, the sun's powerful healer as well, um, which is brilliant, but you know, you mentioned there, most people are, especially if you're running your own business, like me and you, you know, it's very easy to be in that go 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 phase the whole time because yeah. it's very hard because i mean you've got certain projects and you go through them and then you have a rest and maybe you have like a couple of days downtime and you think oh no but i should be doing this again i need to build my business or i need to do this yeah. i need to do that but but you need to you keep on doing that you will burn yourself out but it is hard because you know you always say if you're not progressing you're sort of falling behind but you do need yeah. to factor in this time uh, mm. it is hard but it needs to be done. Otherwise, you said you can't. <laughs> you said you've got water and fire. It's a yin yang. You know what goes up must come down. You need to have yeah. those periods. Otherwise, it is going to yeah. be uh, detrimental to your health. Um, and it's something that people generally either <sighs> with generally people learn it the hard way. Um, yeah. If, you learn if, if pain. It, yeah, yeah, you learn through pain. You know, you burn yourself out, and then you realise. And I, I deal with it. You probably do. I deal with a lot of. And women that go through this because you know successful women syndrome where they're trying to be like a, a man in a woman's body you know and uh, only can go so long when I, when I talk mean that I mean they try men's bodies are more robust in certain ways you know I mean women I mean they can deal with the pain of childbirth and our central nervous system is just not wired up for that we can't deal with that pain but when it comes to just constantly trashing your body men have got a uh, higher tolerance. High tolerance for that but yeah, certain yeah. things yeah, and that's definitely because, um, and I agree with that. It's, 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 um, and there is a term which you, you probably know anyway, which is actually called Russian woman syndrome. And I sometimes when I speak to people about that, they actually think I've said Russian as in the country. Yeah, <laughs> Ru- Ru- Russian, Russian, yeah. They're Russian around. So I call that successful woman syndrome. Like they're just trying yeah. to be everything to everyone and they don't have time for themselves. Yeah. But, you know, when we when we look at the, the amount of hormones that women, you know, use, far, it's far more than men. So, you know, the stress response, when the body's, 
as you know, when the body is trying to get enough nutrients and energy from food, it breaks down proteins and fats to give us, first of all, the satisfaction or to re- the ability to recover our stress hormones. Once the stress hormones are fully abated and recovered, only then will it give you the available energy to the repair hormones. And after the repair hormones, only then will it go to the sex hormones. So because of that stress effect that we have, men can do more because there's less hormones to be affected. So for women, because they have far more sex hormones, it has more of a detrimental effect in them. So in, in fact, yes, men can do or get away with doing more because it has less effect on less hormones that they have. So it's not us here sitting and saying, for all those listeners, that women can't do as much as men. Yeah. It just means it's a greater detriment because of the fact that they have more hormones and how the body focuses on stress hormones mm-hmm. as the need to survive. Yeah. So. And then that's one of the reasons why we've got to make sure, especially for women as well, that we do go into this restful stage. As the tide goes out, it must come back in. Everything is ebb and flow. The universe has a way of pushing back. So if you push too hard, the universe says to you, you know what? Okay, you want to keep going? Right, here, here we go. I'm going to give you um, back pain. And then you learn to fight through it. And you see a lot of these women that do CrossFit and they just fight through it with sheer will. And, um, you know, their hormone system, hormonal system is, is shutting down. They're no longer having their cycles or their cycle is affected. And then they say, no, nope, I'm going to push through it. And they use willpower. And then the universe says, OK, I'm going to push back even harder. And then it gives them a migraine and it pushes back and it gives them a spinal injury. And then it pushes back and eventually it gives them a stroke. So the universe finds a way. It's not just for women, it's for men also. But the universe finds a way of forcing us back into our winter. It forces us, but what we want to do is learn to listen to our body, listen to what our body is telling us so that we can actually go into winters when it's necessary. So this whole idea of, you know, um, the, the successful entrepreneurs saying you've got to put in 18-hour days, those people aren't looking at the health of the body. Their focus is on gluttony and making a high amount of money in a short period of time. But to what sacrifice for your body. So yes, we can be successful, but we have to do it in a beneficial way that we don't impede our body. Otherwise, they'll need either myself or yourself to come and help them with the issues that created the problem in the first place. Yeah, and it's almost like that, yeah, as you said, you know, um, people out there like Gary Vandertruck and uh, Tony Robbins uh, talking to people about going on five, six hours of sleep, or four or five hours of sleep a night, that's all you need. It's like, yeah, but for how long? Um, yeah. until you, you do crash and then when you're that when your vitality is that low um, you know, people start using things like coffee and mm. other stimulants to get through the day um, mm. as you say the Indians quit like empty fire uh, and then oh. you're obviously like you're <laughs> you're susceptible to all sorts of disease as well as parasites coming in infiltrating your body it's um, it's just a, it's just a, a nightmare situation and, and when you're talking about there women especially like this is I always say like this is not this is why I always say men and women are different yin and yin yang you know earth and fire um, sorry um, fire and water you know um, sun and the moon and people say oh we're the same well we're, we're, we're human beings but you know <laughs> ever lived with a woman before um, like we're very different in terms of what yeah. we think but also like you know, if women, if a woman can't get pregnant, I've had people say it's not just that. No, maybe it's not just that. In a small percentage of people, but if you're trying to be everything to everyone, you're not giving your body time to rest. You're not concentrating on your health, and then you can't get pregnant. 
I wonder why, you know. Your body, yeah. the, the, the universe doesn't want you to get pregnant because it doesn't want a baby to come into a toxic world, an over, overstressed body. Um, can also play havoc with your menstrual cycle. Um, and a lot of people on the pill, what we get into how toxic that is. Um, uh, and, it, and for men, you know, men get so stressed that they either lose their libido, they get erectile dysfunction, or, you know, their, their sperm count lowers to such an extent. Um, so they can't... And then once you... So it's the funny thing, people say, oh, it's like studies show this. Well, what studies and who have they been funded by? Because I'm sure me and Mark can tell you quite a handful of people we've dealt with. Once you've addressed all this, it's funny how they fall pregnant or how their sperm count rises. Um, and they can get, and because you're just living in, in, we talk about living in conjunction with nature's cycle. And, they, and you say it's hard because I know it is hard to try and give yourself a rest. But even if you're doing, instead of doing 10 hours a day at work, you just cut back to six. Those four hours of rest are going to be huge for you. We'll take care of your body. Um, and, you know, for myself, you know, it, it's weird. You, you, sometimes you do need a, another pair, set of eyes because Warren um, is someone who I've gone to. Um, when it comes to, as a coach, you can't assess everything yourself, especially when it comes to your body, your alignment, your structural balance. Um, and I've got, I have a client set, I recommend it to Warren or to other people when I know that, so for example, I was dealing with plantar fasciitis for a long time and um, in my left foot. And I knew, I'm not, I'm not going to go to the hospital unless I've got plantar fasciitis, them giving me some <laughs> anti-inflammatory drugs to get away, or they haven't got it, or injections in, into it. I knew that the problem was coming from some, some sort of postural structural imbalance because of, I mean, there is, I sit at a desk quite a lot. I do do my exercise in the day, but majority of the time I'm dealing with other people, I do try and get up and move around. But, you know, we're always doing things that are probably not um, conducive to having a healthy uh, posture all the time, even though I do try and trying to do as much as I can uh, I knew it was there so I went to see Warren um, and he found quite a lot quite a lot wrong with me right <laughs> I would say it's consistent with what you were for the most people in the western world have but I wouldn't say I found a lot but it was enough to warrant correction yeah um, but you know like you said it's it's um it's important for us to have a second pair of eyes because sometimes we see what we want to see. And, um, you know, for myself, I do the same thing. I have to have other people looking at me as well. And, you know, one of the, one of the things I kind of wanted to say with regards to some of the things you were talking about with um, people in general, you know, and they them waiting until they're being forced to slow down, you know, um, and then I'll get back to the assessment part in a second because I, I kind of didn't want to lose this. Um, it's interesting, and you know, the same thing for yourself. People always come to us for us to allow them to continue the thing that brought them to see us in the first place. Yeah, so it true. Sense. <laughs> so, so true. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're like, oh, they argue with you, and they're like, oh, it's like, yeah, but this study says that. Okay, well, how's that working for you? Well, it's exactly. not. Exactly. Oh, but I already know that. Well, do you really? Because why are you still doing it? Um, yeah, exactly. And say so we're coming from a point like, if me and you aren't healthy, we can't help other people. Um, exactly. And I even had this. I've been dealing with a client who's uh, she's vegan and she's like, I don't want to eat meat. I think it's selfish with me. And I was like, well, it's affecting your health. Well, I'd, and she was saying, well, I'd rather not be healthy than have to eat meat. And I was like, ooh, that's a big statement. That's a, that's a huge statement. I was like, because the healthiest version of yourself is one that can affect the world the most. Um, but it's like, do you want me to, 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 to sit here and say, yeah, I think you're right, go with that, you know? Having low health is brilliant. Or do you want me to say, well, this isn't the best way I think you should go forward. But people will... You know, they want to, what they want to do, is, I put a video up the other day saying it, like, oh, Ryan, once I've got healthy, can I go back to eating the way I used to eat? It's like, yeah, yeah you can, if you want to get ill again. <laughs> it's your yeah. choice. Like, exactly. um, once you've got this, and you've got a weakened constitution, and you're not as healthy as you were, 
And you say, oh, but other people eat it this way. Yeah, maybe they've got supreme health. And maybe they won't get a little chronic illness. Maybe they go straight to cancer. You know? Right. Um, yep. So, yeah. No, I wanted to talk about the, the assessment just because... Yes, yeah, could, assessment. Just, 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 just because, just because... I think it's huge for people to understand, like even as coaches, we have other coaches and when it comes to like the nutrition side of things and things like that, I know I'm, I can do it. I mean, that's, that's my forte. When it comes to structural and balance, um, I can do it, but nowhere near as good as you and and it's something that I can't do myself anyway. I can program myself and go exercise, but I can't look at myself in certain areas because, I mean, there's just no way of doing it. Um, yeah, and exactly. so sending yeah. someone to you, yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's just something that people need to understand and, um, I always say like some of my programs even when I had to send people out to other people like because I can't do it all myself we I work remotely and I do people online and if I had to send people out I've recommended people um, to you um, unfortunately a couple of them just want to go on the surgery route with carpal, yeah. carpal tunnel and stuff like that and I was like well you're learning the hard way but yeah, exactly I mean you know the problem with that as we know is most people don't want to take ownership and that's the you know, the model that people use today is that. They just want someone to take care of it. They don't have to think about it. So, you know, when we as coaches are being coached, we are learning ourselves and we are learning to do the thing that we ask our clients to do, which is being the example. So, you know, a lot of times people have structure and balance and rather than actually address that structure and balance, they want someone to just cut that pain out of them and that's just not taking responsibility. So as you know, the way I, I work with people when I do the assessment, what I'm doing is I'm interpreting what the body is telling me. And by interpreting what the body is telling me, sometimes people don't want to know that truth. They don't want to know what's wrong with them. An example, one of my clients who's now training and learning how to assess as well by being a practitioner herself, she said she was doing some practice sessions one of her friends and he was like the fittest person that she knew in her circle and she said he had the the most imbalanced and she was so shocked because it's the first time she's doing it she's like I couldn't believe it the person that I thought was the healthiest fittest person was actually the most un, unstructurally aligned person and I was explaining to her because you don't get injured sitting at home watching tv you don't get muscle imbalances sitting at home tv you get in muscle imbalances by training in the gym and I remember someone said to me years ago the best exercise is the one that you can do with perfect form. The worst exercise is the one you can do with terrible form. And that there are no bad exercises, only poorly executed ones. So what we find is most people have imbalances because they train with poor technique. So the creates body creates adaptation. So all these people that think that they're fit or strong, if they haven't been assessed, they're only guessing. And that's why it's important to actually have a, a second pair of eyes that can actually see the ramifications of the imbalances created through what they think was correct training. And if you most of the time have any form of structural pain, that may, may be seen as idiopathic. That just appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> idiopathic. Not, it means yeah. they don't know where it comes from. Idiopathic. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's all it means to them. So for all of you guys that have niggling back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, you can't just train through it because training through it is like smashing a red light you need to actually get it looked at because what happens is the stronger you get with the dysfunction, the stronger the dysfunction will settle in your body and the harder it is to correct. Well, there's, two, there's two things I want to bring up on that. Actually, there's three things. I'm going to talk about your assessment, so make sure I do that because your assessment and the way you do things. Uh, the other thing is like, yeah, and you say it's like smashing a red light. It's like the light coming on, on your, the oil light coming on your car and yeah. instead of getting the putting more oil in, you just smash the light out and say, look, <laughs> the light's gone out, yeah? It's yeah. like, that's the problem and people are doing that. And, um, and it's the same when they start cutting out the stomach or the organs. I'll mm-hmm. cut on my gallbladder. I'll just cut it out. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. going gonna to use right. instead. You know, your gut, you cut yeah. your gut out. We're going to use instead. Instead of Tesco's bag, you know? Like, what, what are you yeah. doing? It's just, yeah. you're just cutting things out. And it's like... 
They're there for a reason. Oh my god! It's, sorry, <laughs> if there. you couldn't see that, it was me hitting my head with my hand. Like yeah, it's yeah, just like yeah. a stupid thing. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's only your gallbladder or like part of your part of your kidney Literally or your liver. Or... Yeah, 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 it was yeah. just a spare part. It's a spare part. Yeah, just just start cutting <laughs> it out. You don't need that. I mean, luckily the body's so clever it can actually adapt and use other organs to get around this. But by no means is it. The, the best way to do things. In fact, it's it's one of the most detrimental ways of doing things. And the actual, as you said, you've got to take responsibility, heal yourself, live life differently. Mm-hmm. And once you do that, like it's it, it's it's. it's I, I did a seminar recently, and I've got um, a couple of feedbacks. One of the feedbacks, uh, someone said, like um, someone said, you know, it's heavily biased towards natural health. You know, medicine these days, they we can we can find in illnesses more because we can diagnose them better and we can treat them. And I was like. And they're like, oh, we're living longer. And I was like, hmm, are we living longer? Or is it just that we're keeping people alive longer on drugs yeah, yeah. and saving people from car crashes? Uh, also, we can diagnose them better. Hmm, yeah, maybe. But at the end of the day, all these illnesses are coming from the fact that we're systemically toxic or we've got imbalances in our gut microbiome or we've got parasitic infections or whatever it is, it comes from you being internally unhealthy and externally unhealthy and doing it so anyway that comment to me it just it's hard for me because you want to be diplomatic but at that point you want to be like yeah it's like i could give you my 10 years or the 12 years of learning you'd understand how wrong that statement is but i mean just 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 for people out there warren if you see warren's a level four check practitioner and they do i mean when i seek out people i go to the best because I don't want to and when it comes to my health I want to deal with the best I want to learn from the best and I want to give my body the best that I obviously it's what you can afford but you know for me it's it's, it's valuable to me and the assessment you do Warren is yeah. isn't like any other assessment uh, I've ever had and um, if you can just explain to me it took me it took two hours and a bit and uh, if you can just explain to people I mean because you put every sort of different test in and, and what, what you do and what you go through just for people yeah, so um, the the assessment, you know, as you said, you know, as you know, you're saying, if you're not assessing, you're guessing. So, you know, the body has a way, as you said, of adapting. So what we do is we do what we call the totem pole. And the totem pole means you find, you look at the hierarchy of control systems in the body that the body prioritizes as more important. So when we look at the totem pole, what we have is the psyche, which is the emotional aspect. So we assess that through our coaching to figure out what triggers people have, what negative reinforcements, what limiting beliefs, and all the sort of things that are holding people back. We know that studies, when people want to talk about studies, let's throw out a study of it just to compact this. We know that people that have manic depressive states, have are, that is actually reinforced in their posture. Mm-hmm. You'll see people with, with pronated shoulders, with heads dropped down, with um, restricted breathing and so on. So your thought mirrors itself into your body. It weaves itself into every cell of your body. So they say that when you smile, every cell in your body smiles with you. So the psyche is the most important. Here you go smiling. <laughs> so the psyche is the most important part of the body. It's the highest priority because every other system on the body is reacting to your thoughts. So that's the first thing. And the second, yeah, exactly. And then the second thing is the, the highest control system, and that's breathing. And you know, as you know, the average person breathes twenty five thousand times a day. But most people will argue that what do I need to see for? I'm already breathing, or I'd be dead. Yeah, but are you breathing well? And that's the problem. Most people breathe inefficiently. Most people are chest breathers, which means that their neck muscles are doing more work than they should do, which is why one of the reasons why a lot of people have neck pain and shoulder pain because they're breathing from their neck and shoulders rather than the diaphragm. So that has to be re-educated. If people need to have a look, look at a child or a baby. 
and you'll see diaphragmatic breathing. They're breathing from the abdominal wall. But because of this focus on aesthetics, people don't want their stomachs to, to expand. And all they're doing is just shutting off the body's ability to bring oxygen into the cells. So we have a look at the respiration system. And that's the second control. And then the third is the eyes. Because if you can't, if you can't see, you can't hunt. So as a survival man and woman, we need to be able to see where we're going to hunt. So the eyes will be, you know, one of the most important systems. And then we also have um, the jaw. Actually, sorry, the jaw is third. So the jaw is the position of the jaw that opens and closes. The average person's mouth opens and closes, you know, four to 5,000 times a day. So if we can't eat food, we can't survive. I know people can say, oh, well, nowadays you could just drink it through a straw, <laughs> you know. But in terms of survival, you, the mechanics of your mouth needs to be able to open and close correctly. If it doesn't, it, it adapts the spinal curvatures, it, it adapts the shoulders to allow the jaw to open and close because it's a high priority. So we assess the position of the jaw and its influence on the lower control systems. And then the next after that, we look at the eyes, which we've already spoken about. And if one eye is stronger than the other, it can affect your posture. We know that studies have shown from back in 1912 that the average person has at least a 25% increase in one eye versus the other. So what that does is it forces the head to rotate off its axis so that you look with a dominant eye. So whenever we think about people looking through their keyhole, whenever people go to their keyhole to look through the door to see who's there, they typically always use one eye, and that's their dominant eye. So if you imagine the amount of times you're always using your dominant eye, the head rotates off center to allow that dominant eye to do most of the work. Right. Mm -hmm. Quickly. So I would, because remember I did this with you, I was mm. turned about four degrees to the left, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I went to the keyhole, I would look with my right eye. Yeah, that would make sense. Would because it? you have to turn your head to your left to use your right eye. Right. Okay. I thought it might. Okay. Got you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So after the eyes, what we got? Yeah, so then after the eyes, you've got the upper cervical spine. And as we know, people can die from a broken neck. So there's more nerve ends in, in the neck as well as in the center of the spine and further away. So that's a higher control system. And those are like the highest ones. And then the next one down is the limbic system, which ties into the emotional centers of the body. Then the next one after that is the visceral system, which is, as you know, all the gut issues, people who have dysbiosis and so on. And then after that, we go to the, um, the sacrum. And the sacrum or the pelvis controls the position of the spine. If somebody wants to know, all they have to do is stick the bum out and they'll see that they have a big curve in their back and then roll their pelvis forward and they seem to have a flat, flat back. So the, the sacrum can influence the position of the spine. And then the final, which is where most therapists start their assessment and end it, is what we call the slave joints, which are the arms and legs. So it's everything else that's being, being carried along by the body. So the problem is that most therapists are treating the effect rather than the driver or the cause. So people will go with knee pain to a knee surgeon or to a knee specialist, not understanding that the pelvis influences the knee, that the spine influences, and then the head influences the spine, and then breathing influences every structure of the body, and then the psyche influences everything above that. So people are just looking at the lowest common denominator. Oh, mate, it drives me yeah. Fucking mental. <laughs> it's, uh, it's my show, so I can swear if I want. But um, yeah. but but um, but it's like I talked to one of my friends at Carpal Tunnel, and he's like, "Well, the surgeon said this," and I'm like, "It's hard because they're your friends, or people come to you for advice. When people come to you advice, you just tell them it's fine. It's but when hard. it's your friends, yeah. it's like yeah. you know what? This because also sometimes it's something that Paul talks about. He says the ego sometimes will go against you just to prove it. It can, it can survive without you. Their ego, yeah. um, and so sometimes it's like especially, I'm like, you do understand that's not the root of your problem though. It's like yeah, yeah but he's a specialist. He, what he deals with him, I'm like yeah. I love 
love this specialist. Uh, I love this specialist. Someone knows more and more about less and less and so know absolutely everything about nothing, right? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it goes back to this other saying, 10 years of ignorance can override 100 years of truth. Yeah, is it? Oh, mate, yeah. Just because everyone, if 100 million people are wrong, it doesn't make yeah. them right. You know yeah. what I mean? And this, is, and this is like the thing with it. And I'm like... And we got the surgery, and it's it's okay for now. But I know it can't. It's like when I have mine, it's like cut it out for a few weeks, and then it come back when I have my cyst and everything else because it doesn't get to the root cause of issue. And like if you keep on standing and moving that way and doing the job that he's doing without getting to the root cause of it, it's gonna come back, and it'll probably come back worse. Well, actually, on that, actually, just to jump in, just on right on that point, which is something that's very valid. Studies have shown that people that have the same diagnosis from doctors that have surgery versus those who didn't have surgery are in the exact same place in five years time. That's what all the studies have shown. And also, you know, what, one of the things that's interesting about study about surgery Mm -hmm. is that, um, for the rate of surgeries increases every year in direct proportion to the amount of surgeons that graduate. Oh, of course. If you've got a hammer, right? Everything looks like a nail. It's like a nail. Exactly. And so, and so, you know, this is why I try. It's, even when, like, so, for my program, for example, we look at the mental emotional state. We go into gut health. We go into just all around lifestyle, nutrition. We go into detoxification. We go into lots of different things. We go into energetic healing, like Qigong and Tai Chi. We we use breathing. We use every, everything. You know, but if I need to send someone to someone like you, then I will, uh, because there's certain areas that I know that I'm a bit more stronger in, and etc. And that's part of it. But it's like understanding that. And then my see my problem with it is it's so hard without being like arrogant and obnoxious to say yeah but you're wrong because because mm. I know they're wrong but sometimes yeah. people have to learn it but also it's so frustrating when you have got these specialists and you're sitting there with his white jacket and he's like fifty years old been doing it for whatever long and he drives a Porsche and they're like oh he knows what he's done it's like yeah but how many of his clients has he actually fixed or, yeah. or like and also is in like how many of the clients have never had problems? It's like with Santa for example. How many times are they going to get his Achilles fixed before they realize that's not the root of the, root of the issue? Yeah, exactly. They're um, treating Yeah. And if you treat, it's like I always say to people if you, I remember I saw in a film, Jackie Chan film years ago, and um, one of those really funny comedy ones. And anyway, there was a scene where the guy, one guy in the film, lost his keys outside the hotel. But he was looking inside the hotel for his keys. And then one of the other characters came up to him and said, what are you looking for? And he goes, I'm looking for my keys. He goes, well, where did you lose it? He goes, outside. And then the guy goes, so why are you looking for it inside? And he goes, dummy, it's dark outside. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> looking in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. That's what people are doing. And another thing about surgery that a lot of people haven't factored in is that every surgery is a wound itself. And you can't take it back. Not just that. All right, cut yeah. something out and then say, you know what, I changed my mind. Can you put that back in? You can't take it back. It's a wound itself. And also the diagnosis shows that five years' time, you've been in the exact same place as someone that didn't have the surgery. Again, people are just trying to find ways to not become accountable. And animals don't do that. Animals are accountable for everything they do. We think that we're more advanced than everybody else because we have iPhones. That's what I thought about. That's what I thought about. Yeah, no, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. No, so it's, it's true. I always say, like, we think we're above nature. Yeah. And how many yeah. times are you going to get slapped in the face until you realize you're not? You know, we've yeah. all done it, but they can't look both friends, or we've done certain things, and then you realize, like, oh, this isn't working. What else do I need to And you said they'll be back where they were to, to begin with five years, but people want the quick fix because they don't want to stop doing the things that, that are wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. 
because and that's again that's another ego thing isn't it that's another ego thing like you said people don't want to be wrong and you know we talk about the myth and the counter myth in, in our lives and the myth is the story that you tell yourself and the counter myth is the repercussions of the story so the story the story we told yourself is my life is okay and your life is only okay until you get cancer, until you get carpal tunnel syndrome, until you get dysbiosis or parasites, and then you have to reevaluate. But because people have been perpetuating their own lie, and one of the things that you know we always say is humans are master deceivers to the point where they've learned to lie to themselves to yeah. continue to live in the road of ignorance. So the ramifications is the counter myth, and then most people realize the choices that they decided on as they were growing up are not working for them, like what we just said. How is that working for you? And rather than actually face that reality, which has changed, one of two things happen. You either change and grow, or you go greater into denial. You become better at lying to yourself. And that's what these people that we're talking about are doing. They become better and better at the lie to the point where they've forgotten what the truth was. And that's what we call ignorance. (laughs) Yeah, and and, you know, the definition of ignorance is, is by definition choosing to ignore what you know to be true. Otherwise, it isn't ignorance. And that's the same with addiction, any repeated action that doesn't bring about a favorable result. So people are addicted to their ignorance to continue to live the life that they lived that didn't want them to come to you in the first place. But now you've come to you, just chop it out. <laughs> just chop it out. And it's like, well, as well, because of the way that the, the, the world's been set up with the newspapers and the way we've been taught at school, like you go and get, you go, you go to a doctor, that just... That just like um, cements their ignorance in, ignorance in place because they think this is the right way to go. I mean, right. I did. I went to it for five years and it destroyed me. Um, and I know lots of my clients did, but 20, 30, I mean, I had a client recently. She was on 45 tablets a day. And she's like, right, what? Right. And like, uh, now she's on none. And she's like, I put the interview up. Sally, um, she's phenomenal. And she's done. And, she, and, she, and it's just like, it's like, because we think they're the rock stars, we go to them. And it, it took me five years of pain to, to realize and traveling around and to find out the chance meeting. Luckily, I found, but this is the path I was meant to find. I mean, it was funny when the student's ready, the master will come, right? And, uh, and, but the thing is, with it, because of that, and then everyone else, it says, it's so weird. Like, if you're, <laughs> when you're the only sane person in a hundred thousand yeah. people that are insane, you look like the crazy one. Yeah. And when you're sitting there going, it's funny because even my closest mates, of course, they're the ones that it doesn't matter how successful you are, what you do, they're always the one taking the piss. And then when they start going, oh, Ryan, I've seen the results. And you get, it's like, yeah. They're like, yeah, do you want, can you talk to me about this? Or they give you the quick six side message. Because when that starts happening, you realize, because um, other people outside, they, they respect you, they listen to your work, you do everything, but your mates or your close family are always yeah. the hardest ones to, yeah. and when they start doing it, you think, oh, okay, now you're starting to understand. That's a big thing. And uh, talking to people like yourself, you know, we don't, when we say like, we, <laughs> we always put a week in results, like another fluke, like, it's, it's, it's how many flukes do you need to, to get mm. to people to start understanding this is part of it. And, and what we're, we're talking about with it is huge because, what is the, one of the other things? Like, so when you when I come come to you, realize you talk about my atlas, yeah, my atlas. So there's people out there. What is the atlas? And also, you you're not a big fan in chiropractics, right? That's correct. Just just go into why why that is. Yeah. yeah. So with the um, cervical spine or the upper neck, the upper neck sits on, on top of the head. Um, sorry, the head sits upon the on on the on the um, on top of the um, upper cervical spine and. Um, it's right next to the brainstem. Now, the highest vertebra or disc in the neck is called the called the atlas, and the atlas and then the axis, which is C1 and C2, 
are the most important discs in the neck because they have the most nerve innervation. They have the most movement. So think of it like this. The upper cervical spine, which is the seven vertebra from the shoulders to the head, they all influence rotation of the head, but 50% of the movement comes from the atlas and the axis, the top two discs in the neck. And all the rest of the cervical vertebra move minimally because the first two are the most important. So the atlas itself, um, this is how important the atlas is. If you, you could have any one of a hundred different symptoms in your body and they're all coming from the atlas being out of alignment, the atlas can mimic any symptom in your body. It can, it can, it can mimic inflammation. It can mimic, mimic estrogen imbalance. It can mimic dysbiosis. It can mimic uh, respiration issues. It can mimic headaches, migraines, tons of issues you can think of because it has so many nerve innovations. If the atlas moves, basically discs can move out of place. And if the atlas moves one millimeter, it can compress or strangle a nerve. And that nerve can run anywhere in the body. And because the nerves in the brain stem run directly down into the body, such as the vagus nerve and the trigeminal nerve, these are highly important nerves. So because the atlas is so close in proximity to multiple nerves that are life-threatening, the atlas itself can influence any or, or most systems in the body. So, you know, that's why the atlas is important to get corrected. And we know that, you know, 70 to 80% of all people in the Western world have atlas issues, which means they're atlas out of alignment, and they're going to people to get treatment, but they're not actually getting their atlas treated or corrected or adjusted now, the second part of your question when it comes to chiropractic and osteopathy, why I'm not a fan of those, it really depends on the general practice. But the general practice of, of, of um, osteopathy and chiropractic is what's termed um, high-velocity manipulation. So when people normally so see bas- So basically forcing stuff. Yeah, crack, crack, crack. Yeah. That's high-velocity manipulation. And you hear them like they wrap someone's arm around them like they're giving them a hug, and then they squeeze their back muscles, and you crack, crack, crack. And people think, wow, that sounds painful. Well, the fact is that is this, this isn't a high number, but the fact is one out of every million people a year die from a chiropractic manipulation. So you may think, oh, that's negligible. It's only one. Would you like to be that one? <laughs> it's still a risk. No, no, I wouldn't so, like to be that one. Exactly. So the problem with, with the adjustment is the speed of it. Right, we, we, we won't go into how many people die every, every year through surgery and malpractice, but we'll get yeah. into that. But anyway, yeah. So, so the speed of it is a problem. Yeah, it's the speed of it. And also, what they're doing is, if you put enough force into any disc, you can move it. And what they're doing is using force to move a disc. What, you, what we're supposed to, let's talk about what we're supposed to do. What we're supposed to do is we're supposed to anchor to the person's body and gently allow the body through cooperation to move into its optimal alignment. Therefore, it's safe for the body and it's cooperative mm. rather than through force making something move. So it's like I'll, I'll, I'll either find a way or make one. So that's one of the problems with it is it's dangerous. It does create the, the adjustment, but it's how they do it. That's a problem. And also from an energetic point of view, because science has now proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the chakra system is real because we had to wait for scientists to validate what Tibetan masters knew 5,000, 10,000 years ago because they've got these white coats on, they've got a button and a badge. We had to wait for them to validate it. Scientists have validated the existence of chakras mm-hmm. and chakras live and superimpose the spine so if you have a high velocity manipulation you can actually rip the chakras out of position Mm. and that affects the energy centers of the body as well so that's a bad thing Mm. so that's you know those those are some of the reasons why um chiropractic isn't so good and also because most of the time they're treating the effect rather than 
asking to find out what the cause is from the body itself. Yeah, and it's it's something where I mean, I remember when you you started putting my give me an adjustment. It's quite a it's it's almost a it's almost like a spiritual thing as well, you know, because maybe you're getting ready for it, doing your breathing, making sure your 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 energy is right, so you don't yeah. you don't you're not learning off of your energy rather than mine, and a lot of energy healing. With, with mm. the frequencies, like hitting hitting the uh, different tuning forks, um, yeah. and with my body moving, like uh, my yeah, you moving. almost threw a kick at me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, almost, yeah, almost kung fu kicked him in the face. Where, <laughs> where, but I didn't. I was just like, body was just reacting because it was, and it was done. I mean, so, some of it because of certain tight in certain areas, and a lot of a lot of us are and the neck, um, jaw. Um, but you know, working on the program you're giving me, and, and we're getting better, and, and I'm going to keep on doing it. And um, it's the whole point of it. Sometimes you got to go backwards, go forwards, and there's no point to keep on going. If you keep on going forwards, but sl- but say you're going forwards, um, and it looks to you that you keep on going, but you're just half a degree off, or even a quarter of a degree off. Yeah. Give it a two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. You're not just yeah. half a degree off, or a quarter of a degree. You're miles in the other direction, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah. so, and so, I wanted to, to go backwards and get things right, so I can go forward in, in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what needed to be done. And I'll see you in Madness, and I was still a little bit out, but we're, we're gradually moving it backwards. And, and the first time I did the march on the spot, I was way out, and then we come back, and the, the headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also you say energetic healing is huge, right? Because I mean, the frequency you can hear it going through your ears. It's I mean, it's something that. Um, People don't, it's hard. It's all about Qigong and Tai Chi rather than being like, most things are working out, these things are working in because they cultivate energy. But that energetic healing and what you're putting through, like how, how powerful is that? Well, I mean, you know, you know, we were talking about people just thinking that this stuff is so out there. Woo-woo and like, well, yeah, where's the tinfoil hat sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. But yet people accept ultrasound. And I stop people and I say, do you know what ultrasound is? Can you actually separate those two words? And they say, yeah, ultra. And what's the other word? Sound. I said, okay, so using sound to create healing. But because they put it in a little metal dis- display and because they're wearing that white coat again, which symbolizes authority and God, you accept it. But if you were to see that same frequency in a tuning fork with a person dressed in Eastern clothing or something, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, that stuff is so spiritual, it's not going to work. So the same way how um, ultrasonic sound or ultrasound can induce healing effects on the body is the same way how energy energy healing is working, except we're just not using the same type of instruments. So because we know, again, scientifically, for all those people that are scared, that scientifically every cell in the body is vibrating and every Mm -hmm. cell is broken down into energy, and that the human body, again, scientifically has been proven that it's 99.9% empty space, we know that we are constantly moving. And because we're constantly moving at frequencies, every cell in our body is vibrating at the same frequency. So whenever somebody is dysfunctional, that means the energy is out of sequence with other energies in the body. So before we correct someone physically through structural alignment, it's always a good idea to kind of settle the energy so that the frequency is stable. And then once the frequency is stable, it's easier to cooperate with the body because now the body's harmonized. So that's what we did with you. We just kind of allowed every cell in the body to kind of harmonize at the frequency and to induce a relaxing healing state and then adjusted the body in that state so that it settles and it's far more effective. Yeah, that is powerful. And it's it's, it's a scientific fact, everything is energy when you talk about healing and um, it's it's just it's one of those things that Dr. Emoto, we talk about the water, you know, and Mm -hmm. how the different energy, writing, freezing two bottles of water, one of love and peace on it, it comes out, 
crystalline and beautiful crystals and structure like a snowflake and you put the other, the other bottle hate and magic mm. and it comes out dark and dreamy and he said this he did this with water he did it with prayer in, mm. a, in, a, in, a, in a in a in a murky i think in a murky pond with, with other Tibetan. yeah it was actually yeah. it was um, actually a dam in um um i forget what it's just some of that yushiwa dam but it was the dirtiest dam in yeah. japan and he had a Tibetan master pray over the running water. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a collected, as you know, it wasn't a collected amount. It was running water in this, yeah, you, yeah, Fujiwa. That's it, Fujiwa, damn. And as you know, water cleansed yeah. just with prayer, and that's intention. And that's not woo-woo, because that was proven. Yeah, they've done it with sound, how the sound can, how certain sounds can make the, make the water uh, a terrible structure, and other ones can make it a beautiful, crystalline structure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is all energy, and energy is powerful. It's like, it's like when you, always, I use this energy quite a lot, you walk into a room and it doesn't feel right, you can feel that. Exactly. Like, and, and what you say, you say there's a vibe in here. The yeah. word vibe is sort of vibration. Mm. I'm scared to actually embrace the truth of what we're saying. Yeah, it's weird because it's like you've been, you say it, but you don't know the meaning behind it, or you just, yeah. it's just like a, it's just like a saying, it's just like something we say, rather than, yeah, yeah the vibrational energy in here is not correct, or it doesn't feel yeah. very good, or you walk into other places, and you go, oh, it feels awesome in here, like, what, what yeah. energy, but yeah. you go to football grounds, you can feel it, or whatever, when everyone's yeah. singing the same, so it yeah. is there, but people just don't, they only accept it in certain environments and situations rather than others which is powerful I know energetic healing it's why Qigong they've been doing it for thousands of years in in like the Taoist it's huge Mm. and um, I mean you can I mean when I was going through that I could feel it going through my body like the energy the vibrations it was very relaxing um, but it's very peaceful but it's sometimes a little bit eerie at the same time but it's it's really it's a great experience and uh, Mm. yeah no and so getting all getting all getting into this um Getting into that uh, because it's really imp- important. We, were, we want to talk a little bit about because that guy, it's all about trans goes transfers nicely into it because you're talking about what people believe in their values and yeah. how they only believe certain things in in other ways. So we want to move on to like one of some of the work you do, which is really really good. I mean, I do it in our program as well. Talking about the mental emotional state and, and getting people to understand that if they're not if they haven't got a dream, if their dreams are bigger than their nightmare, then they stay fixing that nightmare because they can't see a way yeah. out. Now, yeah. I mean, how important is that? I mean, having people having their big dream and their values. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they don't have a north star, like they say, if, if you don't know the path, any 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 road will take you there. And what we see today is ninety percent. And again, I'm telling, I'm preaching to the choir here. But you know, ninety percent of, um, sorry, ninety five percent of the thoughts that we have today are the ones that we had yesterday. But ninety percent of those thoughts are negative. Mm. So when we look at the world, we're we're looking at the world with people that are holding negativity in their subconscious. But because they don't impress that negativity on others, and they want to stay in the state of I'm okay, everything's fine. They learn to suppress that and suppressed energy in the body is stagnant and stagnant energy stinks and it holds itself in your cells. And you cannot, while you can vocalize and lie outwardly to people by saying, I'm okay, every thought that sits in your body that you had yesterday, that's 90% is negative, is staying in every cell in your body. Your cells are harmonizing that thought process. And it's one of the reasons why people that have never smoked a day in their life have cancer but yet they don't understand why. And they could say, oh, um, maybe I used to hang around with people that smoke and I just had passive smoking. No, that's not how you get cancer. There was, there was, there was some, who was it? Someone famous. It might have been, Noel, was it, I think it was Noel Edmonds. 
who was talking okay. to someone and they were talking about that and he said, oh, I've got, someone said something about cancer. He said, well, maybe, do you think your negativity has got anything to do with it? And, um, and he got brought, brought up on the BBC and they were saying, well, you're oh, not a doctor. And he yeah. was like, so? And, he's, and she was like, yeah, but you're not a doctor. He's like, but what does that mean? It's like, what does yeah. that mean? I can't have any knowledge because I'm not a doctor. And he's just yeah. like, and he's talking about it and he said, how, yeah, of course. You always say you can eat the best food in the world um, have all the detoxification protocols in your house, in for it, so whatever else you're doing, you go to work every day hating your job for ten hours. Yes, that is just rife for disease. Yeah, um, and so you're saying about the smoking. Sorry, mate, before I interrupted. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So, um, yeah, just you know, people can get cancer from other things other than smoking, and you know, everybody keeps talking about what well, science and doctors and all sorts of stuff, and they think doctors and science are god, but someone that everybody worships in that sense is Einstein, and Einstein said science is the most updated version of ignorance. <laughs> you know, that's a, I love science. that. I love yeah. it. Never heard that one before. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just it just puts puts it into into perspective. But you know, you know it's weird it's, because a lot of the things that we talk about, they have. I mean, they you, you get little bits, and, and you know, I mean, people try and biohack and all that, and I think a lot of it's like nonsense because at the end of the day, it's just sort of like forcing things your body into things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but um, they try and do this stuff, and I think people like Ben Greenfield might pay the price down the line. Ho- hopefully, he won't. But like, um, it's like with, with this a lot of things that we've been doing, they've been around centuries, if not thousands of years, right? Mm. Sleeping, eating correctly. Yep. You know, getting the right amount of movement and, sun and rest and things like Tai Chi and moving and everything. But a lot of these things, you say, like science, it's only been around, well, I think medicine's only been around how many years and the most updated form of ignorance. Yeah, exactly. 400 years, really, modern science. You know, it's very, not even that, probably, I think, the mid-18th century, modern, modern science. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I mean, like, um, you know, what we see today in terms of, most of the temples or the white churches, so the white yes, churches exactly. that have been built. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you know, because of the fact that um, our thoughts are negative and negative energy sits within the cells, what we're doing is we're walking in a temple, and that temple is our body, but it's held by negative energy. And if we don't address that because we're so scared to speak out our truths, then those things stay inside our body. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people have what we call idiopathic pain. And you know, studies have shown that. People that are sick in, in the hospital that focus on their illness don't recover anywhere near as fast that focus on health. So we know thought is powerful and it, you know, it, it affects our body. So you know, this is one of the reasons why it's important to have values. And one of the reasons why people are unhappy is because of the fact that they are not doing what they love. And like what you just said just now, when people go to work and they hate what they do. Well, studies have shown that, again, validated by science, <laughs> you know, but, you know, science has shown that you know, Monday morning at 8.30 is when most heart attacks take place. Really? Yeah. Right? It's not just because people are getting hit by buses. It's because people are starting the week that they hate. And so most of the time, we are not living in our value systems. We don't have a dream. We are simply doing what we need to, to survive. We are in what we call the prostitute archetype, which is making money in a job that we hate, but we need to make money to survive. So when we are at that stage, we're not living our values. And like we said, if you don't have any direction, any path will take you there. So you see people that are studying in, in academically and getting a degree imposed upon them by their parents and then don't go in and doing a job that has nothing to do with their degree. They don't know what their purpose is in life. So what we're trying to do is 
get people to find out what their true values are, not what other people's values are, but what their values are. No wonder, so what, no wonder they turn to no wonder they turn to drugs and, and medicate exactly. themselves. They don't know what they're meant to be doing. They don't know where they're going, right? Yeah. So they take these drugs, as you said, just to numb the pain, so that they don't have to deal with life. But you know, life to most people that live in that situation is pain, and and you know is just something to forget so they busy their lives so they don't have to think about the ramifications of not being aware of what they consciously should be doing so when we talk about core values we're talking about guiding principles or ethics not ethics sorry value systems that people impose upon themselves that are things that they love so what's your you know what's what's the thing that you love to do every single day what do you spend most of your time fantasizing about when you were a child? What have you given up to do what you do right now? So you talk to a lot of people and they say, I used to, do, I used to play badminton on the weekends. I used to go out you know, partying with my friends or I used to go out to dinner, but I've given that up in the pursuit of making money. So what are the things you gave up to make money? That's, those are the things that are part of your values. So when we look at values, we're looking at your values in relationships. You know, what are your likes and dislikes and your preferences in relationships? If you're not sure, write them down. And if you're not sure, ask a friend who knows you well. What are your values when it comes to movement? How much movement do you need daily to feel good? And we're not talking about how much movement do you need to drop 2% two, two, two body fat. What we're talking about is feeling good. What are your value systems when it comes to food? Are you somebody that eats ethically? Do you shop ethically? Um, do you source your food ethically? Do you care about the greenhouse effect? All of these things that most people are totally unaware of, which is why they live in this negative state. So once you establish your value system, they're yours. So it empowers you because you start making choices based on your values. And when you make choices based on your, your values, we call that being proactive. And when someone's proactive, they are self-empowered by their own choice and decisions. The problem is most people are reactive. So they only do things based on circumstance, such as someone will come to you or me because they've got a, a gut issue or a spinal issue and they're being reactive. And then they want to go back to the same poor values that brought them to see you. But if they establish good values that are life affirmative, what that does is it helps them to, to direct their life force energy into a pathway that is self-growing because it's so focused on what their dream is. And when you live your dream, you're living a labor of love. And when you live a labor of love, as they say, if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life because it's passion. And you know, today people are trying to find work-life balance because they hate what they do and want to be able to have a life outside of it. But me and you, we have our value systems and we love what we do. So we could effectively work, work seven days a week if we wanted to, but we choose not to be because we have values and we have a ability to step away when we need to. And if everybody does that, everybody's happy. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you put that so eloquently there. And also, even when like, when you're dealing with other people as well, when, you, when you're dealing with health, you need to step away because you need to recharge your batteries if you're a coach because, you know, when you look at it, some people, are, some people are the plug, other people are the socket, you know. Mm-hmm. And people plug themselves into us every day. So yeah. we need times where we can disconnect and go and recharge our batteries. Otherwise, we'll just be drained, you know. Yeah. Um, and so when you're living, but you say, I love what I do. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like work, you know. But yeah. it needs to fit with being an entrepreneur when you're like learning different things like click funnels and all these different things like putting yeah. code in. That can be frustrating. I don't want to rip the, rip the screen out. But then you breathe and you relax and you understand. <laughs> and you know it's all part of the growth. Uh, it is part of the growth. It's all part of the learning. Um, but I, c- I completely understand. When it comes to dreams and values, as you said there, like so many people, it's why the more I get up, my day generally, I get up, I'll do, and I will, first thing I'll do is, I mean, I'll t- it's, it's why I'll, t- I'll take my, 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 my lemon water and a few supplements so I take in the morning to keep me going. Then, then I'll go and spend two, two and a half hours 
I do my stretching, I go and do my, my program, and I'll be listening to um, ed- educational material, you know, and that's my yeah. part of the day where I'm, I'm giving That's your myself, morning ritual. Yeah, my morning ritual, yeah, so it gets myself set up for the day, and then I come back and I'll probably start work about half 11 um, yeah. until whenever. It can be until very late, or it can be whenever it is, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but that's important for me. But my value, I enjoy doing it, and it's like, well, it's me putting in the effort, as well, you say, hold myself accountable to making sure I'm doing things right, you're healthy. But also, it's like when I go away and I take my supplements with me, you know, that's part of my values. I'm not just going to eat crap or do whatever just because I'm somewhere. I'm going to make sure that I have things in place that are going to do that. Or when I go on an aeroplane, for example, I take my own food. I don't react and just eat what they give me. I'm yeah. proactive in that, is what you say. Probably like yeah. you, I, eat, I take my own food on a plane. People say, you can't yeah. do that. You can. I've been doing it for years, um, and you know, there's other things. You know, like I take all my my creams and some creams like my coconut oil, my essential oils, mm. and probably like you do. You know, that is being proactive. So you're living your values, right? Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people either don't live their values or they don't even know what their values are. Yeah, I think that exactly. can be that can be quite a bit a big thing. So, I mean, for people who don't know what their values are, I mean, or I don't know where to start. Where where would you tell them to start with that? Well, I you know I normally tell people that if they don't know what their values are, then focus on the things that they spend most of their time thinking about. Because when you focus on the things that you spend most of your time thinking about, it doesn't mean that you're actually doing them right now. But you see a lot of people that talk about regret. Oh, I wish I could have, I should have spent more time doing this, or I should have spent more time doing that. I wish I had time to read books. Those things that you wish that you should be doing are the things that are most likely part of your value system. And then once you identify the things that you spend most time thinking about, you write them down. And the thing is, people just, it comes in their head, it pops out of their head, and then life gets back in the way. So if you, again, like I said, if you don't know what your values are, find out what you hate. And when you find out what you hate, write down the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I hate being, I, I hate working for someone. Okay, great. You already know that you're supposed to work for yourself. I hate um, feeling sick. Great. You know, you need to start investing in your health. I hate, <laughs> you know, I hate working in a concrete jungle. Great. You know what you're supposed to be doing is probably working outside in nature or working next to the beach or, you know, something like that. So if you don't know what your love is, find out what your nightmare is. What don't you want to happen in your life? Well, I don't want to be sick when I'm 50. Okay. So then do the opposite of that. You know, like, like Paul Cech says, um, if you know, if you want to figure out what what your what you need to do, just do the opposite of what made you sick. <laughs> you know, once you do the opposite of what made you sick, you'll know you're already in the right place. So no, it's not that simple, is it? <laughs> and that's the thing: we we live in such a complex world that everybody thinks that the answer has to be simple. But you know, like I remember giving you complex, shit. Complex, complex. You mean the answer has to be complex? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah complex so like, i remember when paul said um was talking about how when he was in australia and we're talking about paul check here and he was saying when he was in australia um there was a guy that wanted to debate him who had four or five phds to his name mm-hmm. and he wanted to debate him and paul said great you can get 50 phds if you want and they had a live recorded um talk and what they were going to do was there was going to be a crowd of two thousand people and they would have a debate and whoever won the crowd would vote for mm-hmm. and whoever won it's all video wasn't it yeah yeah. And then Paul says, I don't care if you bring 50 people. The reason why you can't win is because you can't, you can't challenge Mother Nature. He said, you can't challenge the four principles or the four doctors. You can't challenge, you can't debate water. Yeah. You can't debate movement. You can't debate breathing. So it doesn't matter how many people you bring. And that's the thing. That's the simplicity of it. You can't, you can't challenge water. Yeah, yeah. How can you challenge that? A hundred billion chemical reactions, biochemical reactions 
per second needed by the body that can only come from water. How can you debate that? There's no opinion on that. It's the most important thing for life other than breathing. So, yeah, so people always want things to be complex. So, you know, the values is really finding out what you love. And if you don't know what you love, find out what you hate and seek the opposite. And once you kind of figured out what the opposite is, then build values that allow you to do that thing that you love. When, it, when you kind of build values in finance, like so values in finance, like what's the amount that you want to work for? How far do you want to work from home? Do you want to work from home? Once you write those things down, what type of friends do you want? What sort of personality do you want those friends to be? Do you want overachievers? Do you want people that are chilled out, people that love being in nature, people that are into moving? And then relationships, what are your likes and preferences in relationships? And then the most important one is lifestyle. What do you feel you need to do to be healthy? Do you need to move more, breathe more, eat better quality food? Write down all your value systems. And once you've established that, that's your core values. And then from your core values, you'll be able to direct that life force energy into making love for yourself. Yeah, that's awesome. Completely understand where you're coming from, mate. And it's something that it's hard. It's very, a lot of people think they find it hard that when they've got a life um, that they've made for themselves, or they've, well, <laughs> they've made themselves, they've got friends or family and you know they want to move but they feel stuck or a lot of times they feel like it could either be that the friends hold them back because they don't want to get better so they just say stuff and that puts them down because when someone says oh you can't do that what they're really saying is I can't do that um, which is mm, powerful mm. to try and get you back but also I think a lot of people think well if I start growing and start doing this I'm going to lose a lot of my friends and where do I yeah. go so yeah. what would you say to that yeah it's true as you said most people are mobilized by fear. So most people don't want to stand out because when they stand out from a pack, then they're standing by themselves. And most people that have a limiting belief system or are living the saboteur, which is one of the archetypes that we have as a survival reflex, because people don't want to stand out, they feel safer in a pack. And what I say to that is then you are at a stage of limiting beliefs or disempowerment. Because life is about movement and movement isn't just about exercise. Movement is about moving forward in life or growth. And, you know, they say what happens to a tree when it stops growing, it dies. So life is not about stagnation, stagnation because everything in the universe moves, everything. The, the fact that we inhale and exhale, the fact that a clock ticks and talks, the fact that the ocean's tides move forwards and backwards, the fact that the sun rises and well, appears to rise and set, that we get sunlight and dark. It means that everything is moving. So if you're not, by definition, moving forward in life, by definition, you are not living. So I think you were kind of saying this right at the start. Most people are surviving. They are not living. And life means to grow. So to the extent that people are mobilized by fear, getting in the wrong way, that's the saboteur. But if they want to follow the path of least resistance, that is actually to be in flow with the universe because the universe is all about growth and expansion. So in order for us to be able to be living easily, we have to flow with the universe by growing and expanding every single day. We study every single day. We grow every day. We learn every, every single day. So for people that are limited, they have to stop allowing fear to get in the way. And I remember I heard a really good acronym for fear, different to probably the one that you may have heard before. But this guy said, um, you can either do one or two things with fear. And the acronym he uses is beautiful for this. He says, you can either fear everything and run mm -hmm. or the positive, face everything and rise. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. And, you know, that forces, you know, people to reevaluate the choices that they're making. Because most of the time, the choices that they're making is simply because of the fact that they fear change and what that can mean. But if change creates growth, 
then it's beneficial. And our goal is to help the people around us in our circle. So if we grow, we make our friends grow. And if our friends don't grow with us, if we stay with them, we die with them. So in order for us to grow, we grow everyone around us. Like they say, pay it forwards. You know, if you have your value system, you'll want to do that anyway. Yeah, and it's saying that you'll, you'll meet new people along the way and you can always yeah. have your old friends and stuff and give them concept or, or whatever it is. You can still have them. It doesn't mean you can't go out and create new friendships, create new route and, yeah. and go back. And, you know, it's just, as you say, if, if, if you're not growing, you're, sort of, you're dying. Well, you just said there, the sun appears to rise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that? Um, actually, I'll, I'll just share one thing before I say that. Um, Abraham Lincoln said um, the best way to help the poor is by not becoming one of them. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So if your friends aren't growing and you stay with them, you're not helping them. Forcing them to grow by growing is a beautiful thing to do. Of course, yeah, and it's, you challenge a lot of their, um, you challenge a lot of their uh, beliefs and the growth. And it's weird, even with some of the most like it's because like, I don't all this political stuff. I mean, you know, it's, when you get into what we do, you sort of realise it's all sort of like manufactured and probably been set out to be this way for, for years and years and but mm-hmm. a lot of them when they, you say stuff and they realize oh right you said that five years ago this happened mm-hmm. like they start yeah, to, yeah. they start to even even the most cynical ones start to work so anyway just just for that one it appears to rise <laughs> yeah so this goes back to a lot of belief stuff that we'll probably have to get into in another episode where we yeah. talk about belief, the religious belief systems in the world and what's right or wrong about them. But yeah, so we know, and science has proven that <laughs> again. I have to keep throwing this science thing because like yourself, I just know how most people are just confused and think that science is God. But um, yeah, the sun obviously doesn't rise or set. If you go into space, you don't see the, size go, the sun going up and down. <laughs> you know, It doesn't go up and down. It just appears to do such. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the programming in religion where it says, and God said the sun rises and sets, he had to be on earth to see that because it only appears to rise and set from standing on the earth. So yeah, we, we as you know, the, the planet rotates and spins on its axis as it goes around the sun. It does not make the sun go up and down. So it only appears to rise and set as opposed to actually we are rotating and spinning. That gives the illusion that the sun is having its sunrise and sunset. Hmm. It's interesting. Have you done much into uh, how much um, – right, because I've got Paul on the show actually in a few weeks. Um so I'm going to talk about I'm going to, I'm going to go into things like this I'm going to get you back on we're talking about religion and stuff I'm going to talk to him about things like that because I think it's I'm not going to sit here and ask him mind that I actually want to like go into deep things and see what he's got to say about stuff because it's really interesting because a lot of it if he talks about like Trump being the um the fire to like the other, the other water we've had it's, it's madness but yeah, yeah but, but it's like uh, with that I mean have you done much I know you've got to go in a minute, so we're going to sh- shut this off. But um, you done much into the flat, flat Earth theory and listen to like, Eric Debay and things like that? Yeah, I've, I've listened to a bit of that. I've listened to like Joe Rogan and a few other people that talk about the flat, flat Earth stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been into a lot of that stuff for a very, very long time before I even got into the Czech stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be interesting for us to yeah, talk chat, about after speak to Paul. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's cool. All right, well, thanks very much for that, mate. It's been an awesome chat. We'll get you back on again. And uh, anyone that wants to look into anything to do with Warren, uh, www.warrenwilliamscoaching.com. Um, anyway, I mean, anyone with structural imbalances or anything with any sort of any sort of stru- sort of pain, I'd, I'd highly recommend seeing Warren, um, even if it means you're jumping on a plane. Uh, and seeing him or driving somewhere because he's going to give you the assessment that no one else will so um, Warren been an absolute pleasure 
uh, speaking to you. I know we'll keep in touch. Um, anything else you want to say, mate? No, I think we've covered it, man. I think, yeah, that's all good. Thanks a lot for having me on your show and to share your knowledge also. No, awesome, mate. And uh, I'll speak to you soon, mate. All right, peace. So, guys, that was episode 57 with Warren Williams, and we covered a hell of a lot there. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I really love those conversations where you can just bounce off people. I mean, all of our guests have just been fabulous recently. Uh, I mean, they've all been fabulous, to be honest with you. I just love these conversations, and I keep on, I'm going to keep on bringing you great ones. And we've got some phenomenal ones coming up. Paul checking the pipeline. Dr. Holick, all about vitamin D. We've got ones about social interaction with you with Scott Parker. We're going to have some really good episodes, and I can't wait for it. Um, and any questions you've got, guys, just send them over to me at ryan at reviveyourself.co or any, any sort of health issues you've got, head on over to www.reviveyourself.co. Lots of articles on there. Got a free four day mini course. You can, you can, uh, you can go on there for your free four day gut revival mini course to tell you all about what you need to do to get yourself healthy. And I said, if you want some one-to-one help, um, help, then I'm here. We do is click the contact box on www.reviveyourself.co and we'll be in contact within 24 to 48 hours. Um, also, guys, you can follow us on Facebook at Revive Yourself forward slash Natural Health or on Instagram, Revive underscore Yourself. Um, but yeah, anything you've got, guys, anything you want to talk about, let us know. Let us know on our, on our Facebook page, a little community in there. We've got a little community now in the, in the, in the four-day gut revival. It's going really well. And um, yeah, it just can't wait to keep bringing you more shows. And um, it's something that I love doing. These conversations are brilliant because it, it just allow, allows you guys to understand that things are never black and white. There's lots of grey. And, and generally, what we've been taught to believe, we almost need to unlearn what we've been taught uh, I, mean, I went to private school quite prestigious um, prestigious schools um learned from you say the best uh quote uh, unquote uh, and i've had to unlearn everything if i uh, even my degree in nutrition if i approached my clients with the, with the information i was taught during my degree i'd destroy them even more and it's so been such a revelation in the last 10 11 years uh, almost unlearning all that and learning the new stuff that allows me to help my clients what I've been doing now for like a decade which has been phenomenal um, and so just love getting this information out to you guys just so you can start thinking a bit different and and uh, Warren's someone that if you are dealing with a structural issue a uh, spinal issue any sort of injury he's someone I'd highly recommend you, you see okay guys well that's it for this week that's it for episode 57 see you in episode 58 as always stay happy stay healthy and I'll speak to you soon bye bye if you're struggling with gut issues such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of the Healing Health Paradigm today. 